Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 38 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Paddy. So despite Celtic picking up another three points with a fairly routine 3-0 win over Ross County at Celtic Park, all talk at the moment is of the sudden departure of Chief Exec Don Mackay, who leaves the club after just 72 days in his role. It's one that I don't think any of us seen coming, so I'm duly obliged to now turn to our resident visionary, Mystic Miff, for the inside track. Miff, is this one you've seen in your crystal ball before Friday? <laughs> hi Tino, uh, hi Paddy, hello listeners. No, it was not. All a bit odd to me, you know, just not even necessarily the timing, but he was brought in at such a critical stage. We all knew he was coming in, there was a there was a fairly lengthy, um, it was a kind of long hello and steady along, goodbye, and 72 days is, is, is no time at all. And I mean, it's been a fairly tumultuous period, and coming in, you know, the, the much vaunted rebuild, not really getting off the ground, I, I would say, as yet. Um, because there was still so much to do. The, the one element that is complete is the first phase of the playing squad because the, you, you would now say the players that wanted to leave, well, predominantly, I think, bar maybe ball and goal had been, been the only one left for the, the original uh, tranche of players that, that had to go, have went. Um, so Ange is now building forward with the squad that, 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 that he wants. But there was still so much behind the scenes that we were all so hopeful for. I mean, the, the life of a football supporter's changed now, I, I think. You know, before you just went and turned up a Saturday and you just wanted to see the team winning. We, we take so much more of an interest now in what goes on at a higher level. And I, and I think a lot of that, in, in terms of Celtic's board, has been brought on them by themselves because they've chosen to be so dismissive of the support at times when they've demanded change. I think now, the move that Mackay's made, for whatever reason, and, and we don't know, yeah, for whatever reason that is, the board are now going to be under even further scrutiny because to me it just seems there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes that, that we're, we're just not being told. And ultimately, to me, my main takeaway, and I may be wrong, is it just reeks of Big Pete still sticking about there in the background. I, I, I don't care what MD says it. <laughs> to me, that's that's what it reeks off. Until told otherwise, that'll be my suspicion. Yeah, to be discussed. Paddy, what do you make of it all? So, you know, what was your initial response to the, the news on Friday? Well, to be fair, um, by the time I'd read it, I think I was on my sixth pint. So, <laughs> um, I was at Transmit on Friday. So, oh, uh, oh, I, it, was a, <laughs> it was a good wee day. But then I had a Saturday with a hangover reading it. It's It's got me worrying a bit. I'm not going to lie. I... I I don't know where it's kind of stemmed from. You know, we're hearing uh, rumours going about. We're also hearing a, a dodgy voice recording of Charlie McGrew going about at all, which is uh, another one. It's, it's, it's no him, is it, lads? Have you heard this? No, I've heard it. No, I think it is him. You think it is him? Yeah. I suppose then he says that he knows someone that knows the club, uh, like, knows someone in the club, and you're like, well, well, you know people at the club. Like, you don't have to tell us that. So I'm a bit, I'm dubious. I'm dubious. It was a bit of a... 
aye, a weird one yesterday. You're also going to that game and you're, you're st- actually like, you're, your mind's thinking about what's happened with Mackay leaving, but then you're like, right, well, we need to see how the team are going to do here as well against Ross County. Is it going to be a sluggish game? Because it, I felt sluggish after everything yesterday, after reading about Mackay, re- not really knowing what it's been about. The personal reasons quote has been questioned hugely already. And there's a few um, articles already been written up um, as to why people think he's been pushed. I was reading one about it uh, today in The Athletic um, and they've basically saying that everything's not been rosy behind the scenes. And, you know, whether it's Dom's approach isn't suiting those that have um, been hanging on at Celtic for for years now, or whether it's basically those that have been at Celtic don't think that he's got the... he's, he's, He's got the the... the right idea of how to, how to run a club our size, I think that fo- I think that like latter comment that I make though I think is is just up for up for debate considering how well he'd done in previous roles. Definitely, I, th- I think with, with these things, it's probably somewhere in the middle of both of them. I would say what this highlights is the danger of having someone in a role for so long. I think Celtic's commerciality has become so vast now, comparative to what it would have been before is that when, when you've got somebody that's been in situ for possibly 15 years, even to take that in a footballing um, example, Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, Giroud at, at Auxerre as well, stayed in you know, positions for many, many years. And then when you get somebody to come in and try and take over, change things, move things forward, or just do it their own way, it's met with a lot of resistance. That's the case here, it's, I, I don't have any doubt that's the case at Celtic because there's so many people still in situ, as you say, Paddy, that would have been friends with Peter Lowell, loyal to Peter Lowell, used to his way of working. If Don McKay's come in with his way of working that's been distinctly different, it's human nature. If it's changing the way people are going about their daily jobs, they won't have liked it. There's more of them than there is of Don McKay. So I, I do have that slight suspicion, but then there's also the other part that we do need to respect, you know, None of us here are, are um, kind of at corporate level running a, a business the size of Celtic. It will take people to, you know, they will have a fair idea fairly early whether somebody's got to sink or swim in that role. I think we do need to acknowledge that in, in some way. Um, but it's a farce. It's an absolute farce. I think very generally most people to an extent, fear change, or they don't like change because they like the status quo and the comfort of, of what's going on. And like at Olympic, as you said, I think Peter Lowell was in charge for 18 years. So there's so many people, you know, within the corridors of Celtic Park, they were used to his way of working. You know, and whether his way was the right way or not, it was the way, and they were used to that. Then Don McKay comes in, he's fresh, he's forward thinking, he's talked about, you know, being, I think, first in class was the term they used, and, you know, world class and different things. He's clearly come in with his own ideas, as he should do, mm-hmm. if he doesn't come into this new role, uh, or new for him, into this CEO role without new ideas, then he's not doing his job. And I think Celtic have went, come on in, to, uh, Dom, here's some autonomy, but just not too much. Come and do a few things, but don't rock the boat. And I think he's rocked the boat. Absolutely agree with you. Um, you, you mentioned it about the status quo being shaking up. I think that's a big, big factor. One of the things I've got to question just now, Rowan, it's the guy there sitting with uh, all the money um, that we, we, we sought after. Uh, and Dermot, Dermot Desmond, um, he's been a big player at Celtic for obviously this this amount of time. I had a good chat with my cousin just uh, before we come on there, um, basically about what his um, what his view is 
um, with Celtic, whether or not, you know, where, where does he take them from here? So obviously we've had Lowell in charge for, what, 18 years, as you've said, Tino. You know, people are going to come in. You you look at the words that the uh, Mackay was using, world-class vision, want uh, to base the club on the likes of Brentford um, and uh, Sevilla. Uh, let, let's have, have a look at that model. All those people have sat happy under Lowell because they've all been getting a bonus. They've all been sitting very happy. And at the end of the day, if that starts to get upset, if people start like being told, right, it's time to move on, we're going to bring in someone newer, younger, with a modern approach, stuff like that, that is a big, a big threat to board members that have been sitting there for a long time. And the easy thing for Dermot Desmond, is, and I go back to him on that, it's he came to this club expecting hopefully when he bought it, that there was going to be the opportunity that we move down and play in the English Premier League. That's just not going to happen, in my opinion. So what you've got to look at just now, do you settle? Do you settle on having the basics, which we do, we've got the basics set up needed to go and win the SPFL every season if we wanted to go and do it. Well, obviously, we know we've got a challenge just now, um, but we know that we've got the basics, the foundations in place. So even if you're qualifying for the Champions League, having those basics, getting that that just nice amount of profit and with those season ticket holders that are up paying for their money, where's the ambition? That's the question this board's got to be asked just now. Where's the ambition? What's the next level, that we, uh, the next step up that we take? Yeah, and I think the, the generally accepted opinion is that in the last number of years, the ambition has been just ahead of Rangers is fine. And it's been clear that the lack of prep for Champions League qualifiers tells you that. You know, as long as we finish one point above them or, or even ahead in goal difference, that'll do for us. And that keeps the fans happy and it keeps them buying season tickets and blah, blah, blah. And there's, there's a little wonder Celtic fans feel taken for granted at times. It's also very interesting to note that had Celtic gone directly to Michael Nicholson after Peter Lowell, I don't think they'd have got buy-in on season tickets to the volume that Ange has got, you know, after Don McKay came in. And I think... You know, I'm not saying that's a, that was a planned move, you know, a callous move to just get somebody in that was a break from the norm. But it feels very convenient because it was huge buy-in for Dom and as a result, huge buy-in for Ange. And, you know, the fans really back the club in volume as they always do. Now we've gone back to an internal guy and we'll cover Michael Nicholson in a bit in terms of, you know, his, his interim uh, appointment. But I just think he's more of the same. You know, talented guy, intelligent guy, don't get me wrong. But being at the club for eight years, certainly close to Lawwell, and as you've mentioned, Miff, I think his, his prints are on this one as well. Certainly close to Desmond, certainly close to Bankier, although it's rumoured that Bankier's on the way out as well, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I just think, once again, we find ourselves in disarray at a time where, when that window closed the other week there, I thought, yeah, do you know what? This is as good as we could expect just now after the turmoil, and now we're back to square one. That's just the overall point for me as we're sitting here talking about this. It's an agenda item that's got to dominate a fair amount of this podcast when really we should just be talking about football and that's until such times as we get our house in order it's going to continue like this where we're talking about things which you know are, are only loosely affecting what we see on the park I say loosely because Celtic have, have beat Ross County they've done their transfer business in theory in theory it shouldn't really affect the product on the park and, and what we see but it just goes with the overall theme of a club which is extremely lacking in vision for me I just I just don't see where we where we go next yeah lacking in vision and lacking in stability at this moment in time there's no doubt about it that you know the fact of the matter is yes things are okay on the part just now another comfy win against Ross County but behind the scenes there's all sorts of nonsense going on and the fact that there's, there's no chief exec 
there's no director of football or sporting director or anything like that. And it, you know, it doesn't look like there's any appointment of that nature on the horizon. I believe there's a, you know, departures from one of the guys that was heading up sports science, Jack Naylor. There's all sorts of things that need resolved. And right now we don't even have a, a chief exec to to make those appointments. So I mean, just to look at the, the facts of the matter. So I'm sure everyone's pretty up to speed with what went on. But Celtic announced in a statement shortly before five o'clock on Friday that, that Dom was moving on for quote unquote personal reasons. Whether that's the case or not, I suppose we'll find out. And if it is the case, you know, we obviously wish him and his family well and hope that, that everything's all good there. Ian Bankier, obviously he's come out as the chairman with the statement. There's one very short and sweet line about Dom. Thanks for your time, blah, 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 all the best. And then he waxes lyrical uh, about Michael Nicholson, who I mentioned. So Michael's currently the director of legal and football affairs at Celtic. He's now been appointed the acting CEO. What was very interesting in the comments that uh, Ian Banker stressed that Michael was quote unquote an absolute team player now do you think that's a thinly veiled dig at Dom as if to say he wasn't a team player or do you read too much into that I wouldn't put it past uh, certain members of our board to stoop, stoop as low and, and put things like that in there very catty Pat no Matt, well do you know something we put a lot of money into this team and uh, I think everyone's got their, their, definitely got their opinion on this and we're sitting with a lot of doubt at the moment um, in a season where, you know, it's a big one for us. Um, so, yeah, the, very catty indeed. <laughs> <laughs> big man still got to fear for Friday, man. That's I mean, just lashing out. <laughs> I just, I mean, Paddy was saying, you know, everything was a bit sluggish yesterday. Half a dozen pints by five o'clock on a Friday will lead to, <laughs> will lead to a sluggish Saturday. But Absolutely. <laughs> not to worry. But I mean, you know, in terms of the, the big message when, when Dom came in, we've touched on it, was that, you know, Celtic wanted to modernise, look at a new way forward and a, and a fresh approach. And I think it's just clear that Dermot Desmond, Ian Bank here, the board, and very probably Peter Lowell, just didn't like what they seen from Mackay. It's clear he's come in, he's had certain ideas. It sounds like he's been, you know, banging his head off the wall though. You know, he's maybe come in with different approaches. To your point, if people get comfy. So if the new chief exec says, I know how that, that's where you've always done it, let's try it a different way. Let's not. Seems to have been the response from, from certain bodies. And I think, ultimately, it's Celtic Football Club. If you got on the wrong side of Dermot Desmond... It only ends one way, and that's the way it's gone for, for Mackay. It would appear so, and again, just the frustration for me is that we're, we're here again debating about who's going to come in and, you know, Lowell's influence and what's Desmond going to do next? When's the rebuild going to happen? How are we going to restructure recruitment? Is there a director of football coming in? But how long has this been going on for, I mean? Where's Fergal Harkin? There's another question. So the suggestion was he was all set to, to come in. And again, you wonder if if, if Don McKay was, was fully backing that and then from somewhere, somebody's pulled the rug, the rug from under his feet on that one as well. It just seems that he's not been given the autonomy that, that you need. To pick up on a, a certain theme, I've spoken several times about the fact that Neil Lennon was entrusted to to complete the job of, of the 10, but he wasn't trusted enough to bring in his own backroom team. So they said, Lenny, go and do the job but we're not backing you fully, but all the best kind of thing. So you kind of bring in your own number two, your own coaches, your own assistants. It feels like there's something similar with Dom. Go and do the, the job, Dom, but we're not giving you full autonomy. Easy for you to say, Paddy. Autonomy. Uh, either to do so. And it just seems that they don't want anyone in the building to have too much control, too much authority. That's the theme that I'm seeing with Lenny, now with Dom McKay. And you wonder where else that's happening. That's got to be worrying. Definitely, I just think that's the overall feeling of it. I'm, I'm just a bit done with it, to be honest with you. I just think, how can we still be after, what was that, for left when February. February, how can we still be in this state? And I think it makes the short-term job that Postacoglu's done all the more remarkable because 
where would we be without him and 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 the sort of leadership that he's shown the way that he's spoken um the way that he's motivated the squad organized the squad whilst the, the Rangers defeat was was disappointing after the game I didn't I didn't feel completely desolate I actually felt do you know what with the business that we're trying to do and the changes that are going to happen I think we've got the right man at the helm I'm quite relaxed about it and what it probably did to me was said right okay we just need to remember where we are in this process. I think we'll get a bit giddy with the Altmar result. Rightfully so, because that's, that's what you do in football. But then the Rangers result and probably performance as well, to be fair, um, just made you made you kind of do a wee check and say, right, wait a minute. We're only actually a few weeks into this whole thing. Yeah. Um, you need to bear that in mind. Now, you go for that sort of kind of rounded emotion to say, right, you know, there's still reason to be cheerful. You get a couple of weeks after the transfer window shuts and then you get this. Just nonsense, man. Absolute nonsense. Until we have the issues at the very top of the club sorted, we're always liable to fall into this type of absolute sideshow when what it should always be about is Celtic is, is what's happening on the park. Yeah, it's definitely a sideshow and it's a distraction because there's so many important games coming up and it's, it's such a tough job for Ange or whoever came in at the best of times. So to have you know, the challenge of, of managing a football team is one thing, but he'll at times have to potentially manage up, you know, within his role and and face some real tough meetings and struggles that just shouldn't be part of what he's doing just now. I mean, the, the, the last big question I'd like to ask on Mackay was, you know, to my mind, I think he was potentially the right man at the wrong time for Celtic. So if you mentioned guys like, you know, Alex Ferguson and, and Arsene Wenger, Whoever comes in after those guys is on a on a shot to nothing because yeah, David Moyes suffered for, when actually his record wasn't actually that bad, mm-hmm. but because he was post Alex Ferguson, he was never going to get a chance. So from Don McKay's point of view, he's a very inexperienced CEO in the world of football, coming into the club during a, a real time of turmoil. He's having to oversee the biggest turnaround of players in modern times, which has just completed with the end of the window. He was doing so with no head of recruitment, no sporting director, you know, during that extremely important window. He's also had to integrate a new manager joining the club from the other side of the world and a manager that raised a lot of eyebrows when he was appointed as well. So there's pressure of that. And obviously, and at the bargain, having to deal with the, the financial ramifications of the COVID pandemic and the subsequent welcome but difficult return of fans to the stadium. There's so much going on there and it's a hell of a remit for anyone to step into regardless of their experience at that CEO level. So on that note, you know, have Desmond, Bankier and Co, have they got the appointment wrong? Have they put someone in charge who just was never going to cope with that demand? I, I think for someone like Don Mackay is that the he seemed to tick all the boxes. Um, there, there was a good relationship. I'm pretty sure it was built when Celtic used Murrayfield. And, um, you know, Mackay's obviously been someone that's always like sounded them out. Um, obviously, we used Murrayfield for the qualifiers in Europe. And then um, I think Lowell pushed for the League Cup semi-final to be put there as well. Um, so he's always been someone there to, to help Celtic. I think there is a good relationship between Lowell and Mackay. No enemy. Not well, no enemy. But the 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 thing is, and we're going back to this whole everyone's just sitting too comfortably thing. My worry for it for for all of this is that well, where's the ambition? What's the next step that this club takes? Um, we've had nine years of great success there. I, I'm never I'm never ever going to forget that. It's an in- incredible achievement with what we've done. But what we haven't done in the background is prepare for the next nine years or the next nine years and the next. We need to start as a club looking at, you know, where do we go? Where, where is the next steps that we can take up? It doesn't happen. And you just rhymed off a full list of things that have happened this summer. In modern day football, we shouldn't have to be signing a full new team. 
we should have all of these positions, staff positions filled, the likes of a, a director of football, things like that. Their um, sports science team has already been mentioned by by Ange as something that he wants in place. And I, I still don't even think I've heard anything on that as well. The fact that Ange Postacoglu and Don Mackay were both looking at transfer targets and both trying, working day and night, he actually said himself, I'm looking forward to the international break because I can get to see a bit of Glasgow. So the guy's been working day and night. And yes, I don't mind a football manager doing that. I think there's something good about that because I can see that's the kind of player I want. But in this day and age, when the games are thick and fast, you're playing twice a week, shouldn't be his job. Yeah, there's so much focus that is there at the moment to distract Ange and we just don't need that. He's got so much to do on the park. He's got this fairly unique system that he plays and, and he's trying to incorporate that here at Celtic. And he's got even like stuff, you know, against Ross County, you've got... You know, Carter Vickers coming in, Juranovic obviously, you know, only his second game, uh, Yota coming into that system. And it's very hard for him. You know, it seems it's a it's a system that takes a bit of time uh, and focus. And it's hard for him to get that time if he's been distracted by boardroom squabbling or, you know, recruitment issues or, or anything else of that nature. That's what that's what we open ourselves up to. Um when we don't follow through on the, the, the things that we, we promise or we don't allow the person that we bring in to undertake these changes, to do the work that he's been brought in to do, and that, that being Don Mackay. So we're going to be susceptible to these things because we're just not, we're never learning for, for these mistakes. Bring someone in that's going to make the changes that need to be made because it's just, for me, it's just so frustrating. We all know the work that needs done. So just get it done. Just get it done. I, I, I do accept and I do concede it has to be the right man making those changes. If you've got a lot of doubt over the person you've brought in, you as well killing that early than then letting it letting it go on and potentially have them making their own mistakes. But wh- whoever w- would be interesting because Anne just came out and said, I think he, s- he said something. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but we have to be careful around the narrative of who brought me to this club. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I think that's what we need to know. Who did bring you then? Because we were all led to believe because it suited Celtic at the time. We were all led to believe it was Don Mackay. But then that could be on the basis of what, what Tino's just said. You know, does that just sell the season books? Does Mackay come in and then that's it? I've I've known this manager for years. I'm I'm bringing him over here. Um, I've had that time in Tokyo as well and un- understood what the, the job he's done over there. Yeah. Does that fit that narrative? Well, I mean, you know, you're almost exact with the quote, so I've got it here in front of me. If it, Ange said after the game, we just need to be careful of the narrative about who brought me to the club. To me, that's Ange distancing himself from, from Mackay, who absolutely, I was at the event where Mackay and Ange were announced together or, you know, took to the stage for the first time. And again, to paraphrase slightly, Mackay said something along the lines of, oh, he's my man, 100%, he's my man. And to your point, Paddy, he'd spent time in Japan and different things. So certainly Mackay was happy to carry that narrative. The club seemed happy to support that. Yeah. But if that's not true, if, if that's not the case, then the club do control the message and they can come out and say so. They can say, we we always had a plan B if Eddie Howe wasn't going to work out or whatever. <laughs> There's obviously the link, right, with the, the city group and that was the fear. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that, that to, to me, that's what stands out now. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's absolutely what stands out and that goes back to one man. Yeah. PL. So, you've, you know, you've got Yoko Ho, Homer Marinos are part of that group. So there's no doubt Andrew's on the radar somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why it was perhaps a wee bit surprising that Mackay came in and went, forget that link, I'm the link. But Celtic control that narrative. They can come out and say that, but they never do. It's the Celtic way. You know, one swift statement would come out and, and do all of that kind of stuff and all the confusion just now. There's also a suggestion that because 
the, it seems the offer was there from Peter Lowell that he was always just at the end of a phone for Don McKay should he want to to make that call. And I believe I never took it up. I think that comes through Stephen McGowan of the Daily Mail, his report on it recently uh, in the last 48 hours. And that's Don McKay's prerogative as a new guy. Yes, if he wants to pick up the phone, fine. But if he also wants to blaze his own trail and do it his own way, he, he should have the autonomy to do that and then to, to do things in a manner he sees fit. But it seems that because he's had the dare I say the arrogance, the temerity not to pick up the phone to Peter Lowell, then that's been the, the beginning of his demise. It may well be. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I still think Pedro's pulling the string somewhere um, with everything going on. Um, I'm pretty sure he's got the, is it the non-technical director role or something? I'm right, I'm pretty, he's still part of... He's, he's part of a, a secondary board at Celtic. Celtic have got the main board yeah. um, and they've got the... The, the club board or something like that I should know better but they've got a, a secondary board that's sitting underneath and I believe Peter Lowell's on that and he has to be on that because as part of the what do you call it now the European Club Association uh -huh. of which he's a, a board member you need to be associated or affiliated with a club and that's you know that's the, the reason why he's still affiliated to Celtic I think that's a good thing for Celtic to have a presence there the other side of it, of course, is that it means that Peter Lowell is still very much around Celtic Park and very much having an influence So this is another thing I was going to say going back to your point Miff about is it maybe a good thing from the board that they've just said, well, do you know what, this isn't working. Let's get someone in who, you know, we're going to, we're going to go on well with. I'm not saying that that's what you're saying is the right no, thing. No, no, absolutely. You have to concede that if, if we, we are told so little about what's going on, that this news comes out and we have absolutely nothing to go on. You then get the, the kind of journalists who claim to be in the know coming out with maybe three or four slightly different mm -hmm. threads along what might or might not have went on. And no doubt they're being told a story for inside for their sources. It could be could be the Janny. It could be somebody that's on the board. We don't know. You know, it, we, we, simply, we simply don't know. And that's my point. But like in any situation, you need to be rounded enough to look at two sides of the story. If there's a a team or a boardroom sitting there thinking, this guy's out his depth, it's not going to happen. Are we going to trust him to go and bring in, you know, or, or reshape everything that sits behind the the first team coach or the manager? And they think no, then they, they need to they need to act on that before it gets to becomes too late. But it makes an absolute farce of their recruitment process. Yeah. But then you've also got to think as well, I'm looking at your side of it, but then there could be the side of Dom has just been too forward thinking for, for them and it's someone that they don't want in there because if you get someone of the ilk of law then we're back to stingy negotiations with clubs we're back to waiting and waiting and waiting before a manager should be, be sacked and then everything just been too late we're going back we're, we're sticking to what we, we've known and don't get me wrong I know we've been successful but we were successful for a reason we had more more money, simple as that. I agreed, right? But just actually saying out loud what I said there, I assumed Don McKay was interviewed. Oh, you, you right? like to think what so. What did they ask him? <laughs> what did they ask? Yeah. Well, you know, I was would love to have, did somebody write notes for that interview? What's your favourite pizza topping, mate? Aye. Well, I, where, 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 uh, what pub do you go to when you're in Edinburgh, Don? <laughs> you know, yeah. what were you talking about? Surely you knew his vision or whatever the hell you want to call it. To me, it, it's just, it makes either a mockery of their choice and recruitment process because I can't imagine Don McKay look, now, took half a mask and turned into a different guy as soon as he started the job or 
the working conditions that Mackay's been under just have, have created this situation where he's pulling in one direction and the old school board are pulling in the other. So we just we just need to get to the bottom of it. The fans have I feel have been slightly hoodwinked here. Like you mentioned, all this has been on, it's been kept hush hush during when season tickets have been out. We've we've created this aura and this impression of Don Mackay, um, his relationship with Ange and everything that comes with it. We've all bought into it. Transfer window shut. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the real story, if you want to call it, that's coming out. But is it really the real story? But we still don't know. We just we just need to know what the hell's went on. And here we are again, just back at the same situation where the the rebuild and the infrastructure of Celtic is still open to debate. We don't know what direction we're going to go in. We don't know the people that are going to be involved. And we've got a manager who's really fighting with one hand tied behind his back at the minute, I feel, because he's just getting... Where's his support coming from? Oh, we need to keep him, by the way. We really... and that's Where's how... his support coming from, though? I mean, he's get you know, Big Mick McManus. I mean, if he needs somebody to slide tackle somebody in the hall, that's great. <laughs> but, you know, with the greatest of respect to Big Mick, he seems like a really decent big guy. But, Aye. you know, him and our, our Kennedy, our, our Stratton, you haven't got to take... Do you know something? The Stratton technical director appointment told me there was something that there was something up I, I, I yeah. mean that that was odd yeah. that looks murk- that was odd looks murkier now than it ever did at the time now yes. all of a sudden there, there is a suggestion Paddy I read the, the, the article in The Athletic that you mentioned mm-hmm. and I can't remember if it was there or elsewhere but again that was an undermining of Don McKay he he is on record at his opening press conferences saying he, he certainly dismissed any suggestion of striking as director of football now I know he's not director of football and whatever this crazy three-month role that Strachan has at the club just now, but he was brought to the club and that just makes Don McKay look a bit foolish. Would you be surprised if he's announced as director of football in the coming days? Absolutely not. And I, th- I think there's a serious chance that he will be given a more permanent role. Yeah, I think so now. I think That's got so to now. be troubling. I mean, t- to round things off in terms of this side of the chat, Miff, do you think, playing devil's advocate, the fans should potentially take an alternative view and, you know, as you said, if McKay wasn't performing, if he wasn't doing the job, if he was out his depth and different things, should Ian Bankier et al be applauded almost for making a swift decision? Again, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because I, 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 well, all I'm saying is there has to be, you have to look at p- both potential situations here and it might actually be somewhere in the middle. Mackay's tried to make changes, not being supported, walked or Mackay's went to make changes in the board of went, wait a minute, what's going on with this boy here? You know, it's, it's maybe somewhere in the middle but the bottom line is for it to get to the point where the working relationship between those parties, who all know what's at stake, who all know what we've, we've kind of been through as a club in the past 18 months, thought that the best option was for Mackay to go. What does that say? Yeah, it's pretty troubling. The final piece of it, again, which adds further confusion to the whole affair, was the fact that Don Mackay has now removed all mention of Celtic from his LinkedIn profile. Uh, I think he's deleted his Twitter He's MySpace and even he's Bebo. They're, they're gone, my <laughs> um, But it's a strange move. It all, it all indicates that it's not been a you know a particularly mutual or, or friendly part of the ways. It seems quite acrimonious the way it's all played out. But for Mackay to completely remove Celtic from his his socials, that's a strange move. I mean, in that world, in that you know high level executive, well, everybody knows where you've been, don't they? Of course they do. So it just seems very strange. But it's almost like he himself is already immediately trying to distance himself from. I suppose what turns out to have been the farce of his seventy-two days at Celtic. I, I don't, I don't necessarily see the point in that, unless there might be some legal ramifications mm. going on. That's the only thing I can think of with that. But um, as I said, it's it's a farce, it's a shambles. Um, but 
what we do next has just got to be really intriguing because no doubt in the coming weeks and, and months stories will start to start to come out around it. Don McKay will make his next move. Aye, I, I just you know the the quicker we get to a, the quicker we become settled and stable. I think instability was the word you used. You know, I think the quicker that that element of the club becomes stable, the better for everybody. Um, however, what worries me is. The, the volatility of the fans towards the board is now going to increase again because it, they're just got to put m- more scrutiny on them and it, it takes away from the support of the, the team. I know people in, in fan groups in particular like to try and separate that out, back the team, sack the board, but ultimately it doesn't work like that. It can create a poisonous atmosphere just around the club, in my opinion. So we want things to be stable. We want everybody to be pulling in the same direction um, and we just seem, a, we seem remarkably far away from that mm-hmm. considering we thought just a couple of days ago that's where we were all heading Paddy went out for six beers on Friday morning thought it was all good <laughs> by, by the <laughs> time he woke up. Turned up turned up to a podcast scun up raging tanned two bottles of water <laughs> <laughs> so to move things on um, so we'll, we'll, we'll start with Ange before moving into the Ross County game so for me the, the biggest concern over this news my immediate concern was what about Ange is Ange alright is everything okay there mm. Because he is an instant hero in the fans' eyes and he's every time he speaks he becomes more and more impressive and he's a real figurehead for the club and you know yeah. he's, he's been very uh, impressive to date. The concern was that because he was certainly seen as 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 Dom's guy, the concern would be that Ange would somewhere maybe um, feel a move might be imminent for him because he's very principled, Miff. We've discussed this in the past in terms of he took Australia to a World Cup or, or the second World Cup I think he got them qualification for. And he walked on a point of principle. And that's a big thing to walk away from a World Cup. I believe he'd uh, fall out with the Australian FA over. I think his style of play. They want him to be more pragmatic. And won't change for anyone. So if he's not happy at Celtic, if he's not happy with the Dom thing, I think we'd have found out very soon. I think he'd have spoke after Ross County. And by all accounts, he seems quite comfy with it. He was respectful of, of Dom and he was respectful of his quote-unquote personal circumstances. But he also took the opportunity to talk up his ongoing relationship with Michael Nicholson he seems quite happy with it for all the chat we've just had and we've, we've, we've spent that about 45 minutes talking about that um, Ange is the main man really isn't he I mean, it is all about him and, and him being backed to do the job that he was brought in to do and he is he's well he's well into that now I like I like what I see um, I like the way the team's playing I like the way that players seem to be steadily improving under him I just think that we're really, really missing a trick if we don't back this guy to the hilt. We will regret this so much because he, he just walks away, goes somewhere, you know, either goes back to Australia or even goes down south, wherever he goes next. And we think to ourselves, oh, we played some awful football under that guy, but he left after a year and a half because he get, he get the, the kind of dialer treatment of a few own signings and, and, and whatever else. I, you know, don't, make no mistake, the, the players we've signed in that window there are just replacing ones that left. It's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But th- this isn't a strengthening our, our, our additions we're actually weaker because we've lost guys that have won as multiple trophies over the years we're weaker than what we were yeah we're like so you know th- th- make absolutely no mistake about that yes we've brought players in but we, it was through necessity now we need to back him with what he needs if he tells us he needs something in that position we need to go and get it because if we don't we really run the, the risk of losing him and if we lose him and still have the shambles going on in the background that we've got just now we're just back to square one you do also worry that if, if we had anyone but Ange in charge just now, if we had a, a lesser coach, a less experienced coach... Eddie Howe. 
Well, even at that, because Angie's long in the tooth, 55 years of age, 56 now, I think. Still quite handsome. Uh, very handsome, uh, but very experienced, you know, being around the block and then some. He's able for this kind of situation. He, you know, he's very strong in the face of the media. He's very comfortable. He's very considerate of his words. You know, he doesn't rush into things. He doesn't make all the buzzwords. That, that, well, that, you just said it there, though. He just he doesn't rush into things. And for me, you know, going with his comments yesterday and what he said about, obviously, the, 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 new, the new setup that it might be, I'm still not sure yet. I think we still need to give it a couple of weeks um, because you're you're coming into a club this size with a job, um, a job at hand this size as well, and he's actually done remarkably well in my opinion. And now he's starting to think, well, where's the setup for me? Because we all know that we've signed a lot of players there, right? But we all know, like you say, we are still light at the moment. That was a necessity to get those players in. And I think his biggest attack is going to be in January when he starts to look at players from over overseas, over in Asia and things like that. And he, he thinks, right, time to get these guys in now. And they, they boys are going to be fit enough and ready enough for for the running, which is probably, for me, I think it could be a close season. Um, just based on certain elements that have happened and, and this this stuff with Mackay that's happened, I think that that does have an effect on us this season. Of course it does. But do you think there's a genuine chance Ange could walk? Um, yeah, I, you can't you can't say no. You can't say no to that. Um, I'm I'm not trying to be negative here. Like I, I I'm a big supporter of him. I, I really like everything that he's done so far. And like you say, he's one arm behind his back, and that might be too much, you know. And out the principal side of things, he might just be like, I've not been given what I've been promised. I, I think there's a genuine chance just for the reasons you've already stated. If you walk away for a World Cup with your country. When you've you, you know how hard that is to qualify for mm. a World Cup, get there twice in a row. You've already been to one. You've got to the second, and you've walked away because somebody's tried to, you know, tell you how you should be playing or, or whatever. He had it, a dis- sorry to interrupt. Yeah, he, he had a dispute with the Australian FA because he said it's time to start bringing a lot of the under twenty one players into training with the first team when we're on international duty, and it's time to start using younger players. And they said no. Yeah, and if you walk over that, so if you if that's big enough for you to walk out on your your country or your adopted homeland uh, ahead of a World Cup, then you're going to walk out on Celtic if you feel things aren't right. Uh, well, that 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 was the point I was going to make was that he's he obviously feels that if he's not been backed a hundred percent, he'll walk. The slight difference here might just very well be that he himself is bought in to us and how he feels about the club and the job that he's got to do might actually mean more to him than, than what he thought or, or how he's felt in the past. Um, he's waited a fairly long time in his career for this opportunity as well. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's there's different things flow through this. There's lots of different threads. I think the, the key thing for me is, I, I go back to my point, it's a point I've already made, but, but it's key. He seems to have predominantly united the Celtic fans at a time of complete disarray. Yeah. We we will feel like it'll f- it will feel like a huge missed opportunity if we've no back this guy. Absolutely, I mean I think just to your point as well, Muff. And from the moment he came in the door, he's he's been always been hugely respectful of the the history and the tra- traditions of Celtic, and he's been very uh, vocal on his back and of the support. And he's mentioned the word custodians a few times in terms of he and others are only the the temporary custodians at the club. We the fans are the, the real lifeblood. I'm going to read a quote from yesterday. So after the game, there was a couple of banners uh, in the Green Brigade section. One criticising the board, and another one as well, very positively. Uh, love Kyogo, hate racism. Good to see. Um, and when asked about these banners, Ange says, "Quote unquote, 
We are all transient figures at this great club. The constant is the fans and they expect us to get on with it. I've done that throughout my career and will continue to do so. Everyone is allowed to express opinions in whatever way they choose to. Our job is to send the 60,000 here home happy and the millions around the world. Sometimes it's good to be kept on your toes and I'm sure our supporters will do just that. That is just an extremely respectful, considered, great thing for Ange to come out and say, and that'll go down really well with the fans. Absolutely. Um, I go back to some of the, the, the banners that have been hung by the Green Brigade over the past couple of seasons. Um, obviously, well, not last year, um, but the year before, there was some stuff directed towards the board and straight away it was called out by Lennon. Um, that approach right there for me, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. But we pay our money to go and see this team we should be able to voice our opinion through a banner, through singing. That's the way it should be done. The big thing about it with Angie as well is it's genuine and it's sincere. It's not sound bites. It's not like some PR guy said, say this, say that. Come on, you boys in green. None of that nonsense. He is very authentic with, with these types of statements. So to move on to football. So Angie and the team obviously uh, took on uh, Ross County at Celtic Park in the league. Um, oh, there was a game played. There was, there was a bit of football in amongst the melee. Um, debuts for Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, Man of the Match debut might I add scoring uh, the notorious CCV I've gone with my f- ah, yeah, clock tap, aye. Clock tap, what are you saying to that is that alright oh, no that's alright so yeah thumbs up for that mate. decent uh, Yota also making his debut and Juranovic making his home debut how do you think those lads done Paddy yeah uh, all in all very good I think a, a good debut for uh, the notorious uh, I thought he'd done well um, he, he, you know like it's always a difficult one these games. Um, coming back off an international break, especially just after the transfer window, we'd what 12, 12 players away. Exactly twelve, yeah. So you know you're coming back. These players are trying to bed in with the new guys that have just arrived. They've been on the scene for a wee while. I'm pretty sure that the team got some time off as well because the the schedule has been hectic. Um, so I'm not too critical of them. I thought we were very sluggish. I'm going back to that word again. Not just me this time. I thought the team were very sluggish yesterday. I thought. Some of the things they were trying to like start wasn't really working. There was a couple of like scary moments at the back, um, but to be honest, the getting at half time seemed to settle and the goals came. And I wasn't worried too much about losing, but we could have drawn if the goals went in the first half. Yeah, I mean, if Ross going to take the lead, they're just going to park the bus and leave you scrapping about. I mean, if it's taken till the 65th minute for the first goal, were you nervous at any point we weren't going to get a win? It felt to me just one of those games. The longer it went on, a very obvious thing to say, but the longer it went on, the more county were become more tenacious. They'd something to hold on to. They'd come out. They'd avoided losing the early goal in the second half, which I think would have opened the floodgates. I mean, the first half, there was two really good chances for a, for a badder. Well, I say good chances. He made them good chances. Um, he's hit the bar with both of them. Was was pretty unlucky to be fair. I think if one of those goes in, it's a different game. Um, and we would have probably relaxed and played a bit more. We were just trying to force it a wee bit yesterday, and then when we did try to force it, when there was more obvious openings, the likes of Rogic and Turnbull then became hesitant to take them. They, they seemed to just spe- take that extra touch on the ball, um, and it just wasn't as fluid. But the, the positives for me were, you know, Abada just seems to be one of those guys that out of nowhere can make something happen. I know his performance at Ibrox wasn't great, but you need to remember he's only 19. Partisan crowd away at Ibrox. He wouldn't have been the first to get a bit of a culture yeah. shock with that. So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him too much. I think that'll, that'll actually um, form form him quite well in party's development. Um, Shota showed that I think with, with some games and 
you know, Ange, Angie's support. I think he'll become a, a, a good player yep. for us in, in, in over the course of the season. Um, delighted for a jetty. Um, I'd, at half time, I'd, I'd put, I uh, don't know if he's a Simpsons fans, but I'd put in the boys' group chat a, a photo of the inanimate carbon rod um, for <laughs> Simpsons that, that brought Homer back for space. Um, we'll take that in, out for in you. Reference, in reference to, to a jetty, but then in the second half, well, you know, he got himself he got himself into six yard box and got two goals and and that I think that's you just need to make your peace with yeah. Ajeti that that's what he is. Tell you what, good, but, good goals. But yeah. yes, but what he actually started doing, which he wasn't doing the first half. And by the way, Turnbull, Rogic, and possibly even McGregor, Jota and Abada contributed to this. Is when he got his goal, he started showing, and he was doing that wee thing that he does where he controls the ball side on yeah. with the outside of his foot, and it was sticking every time, and. We've just not seen enough of that film. Yeah. He, he, he started doing it last season. See when he got that we run of games last season and they scored at St Mirren. He started doing it and you actually seen that he can contribute at that time though. I just don't think he was fit enough where if he came out of the box he wasn't going and spinning and getting back in. Whereas now he does seem a wee bit leaner, a wee bit sharper. I think what he showed yesterday is he can contribute with goals. He can contribute with goals when he's given the service. And a game at home to Ross County, you know, that's the type of game where you want to put him on. Guess his couple of goals. When's his team in the game? Happy days. The, the the original, sorry, Tino, just quickly, just to, to sum up, I know we'll come back and probably talk about other individual performances, but the, the goal, what, what the goal reminded me of, in Rogers' early days, we played Ross County and we beat them 1-0. Sweetchenko scored a daisy cutter for about 30 yards. A midweek game. Aye, a midweek game. And I was sitting there, it was freezing, man. You're going, oh, man, this has got to be one of the games that's got to drift away. You just kind of need that in games. And I, I was actually quite pleased that yesterday we just turned up and won. It, it was one of those games where you turn up, you win 3 now, you move on. Mm-hmm. You know, minimum of us, just get, get get the job done. It doesn't need to be all about free-flowing, attacking no. football. Just make sure that the team's got that mentality not to stop, to keep going. And that was the thing that pleased me the most. Yeah, I think if you can win 3 now at home without playing particularly well, then that's got to bode well for, for the future under Ange. I think in terms of a Yeti... Nothing signifies the fact that he's a confidence player more than the differences between his first and second half. In the first half, you'll know the, the chance at around about 24, 25 minutes in, he's through on goal. Mm-hmm. He's got a clear sight. Yeah. He should just be tucking into a corner. And he's he's tackled it. It, it's, it's rolled into the goalie's Plus, hands. It was a really weak effort. Possibly when he tried to shape his silly. Because he should have just thought it was left as mm-hmm. hard as it could. He's tried to bend it, isn't he? He's, he's tried, tried to, to put it in but, the bottom right. But it was like watching the Waverly turning, man. See, he was trying to run around the ball. Instead, he just, you know, either going through with the conviction, he get the heat done, you know, because he's a finisher and he aye, can finish aye, with aye. both feet. Oh, just get the heat done, bang it with the left foot. But it, it, when he when he done that daft turn, I was like, oh no. And then he scla- when he squaffed it and the keepers just fell and tap it, my wee boy just turned and looked at me as if he said, Dad, what's he doing? I'm like, oh no. And you could hear, see that derision that you could hear through, because everybody was willing, just willing a, him. Yeah, just a groan. Everybody wants him to do well. Nobody, he's a Celtic player. Yeah. But I was delighted for him. I was delighted for him, despite me saying what I've already said. There, man, poor guy. I, I doubt he'll be listening. <laughs> but um, you know, he's a Celtic player. We want him to succeed. More performance, like goals. Goals will bring the confidence, won't they? It's exactly that. And it's listen, it's, he's no different from any striker. You get your goals, you get your head up, and you, all of a sudden you start to come into the game. Yeah. His first goal was particularly good, Paddy. Mm-hmm. Um, really great delivery by Abada, just a, a whipped cross, and he's he's crashed into the net. He's just he's really caught it flush. Uh, and the second one's a real striker's finish. You know, bit, quite literally in the six yard box, mm-hmm. waiting for scraps. Very good effort, I think, by uh, McCarthy. Really decent header. Keepers made a decent save, but. Uh, 
a yeti's there just to nod and yeah and that'll do him the world of good because listen he's going to be our front man for at least the next few games until jack amakis gets up to speed and minocchio goes a bit further uh, away he's got to be the top goal scorer oh that's right you called it, <laughs> Paddy, called it. Paddy's already put it. i retracted it i said edward would be but that's maybe going to be the premier league down there now um no i i like you say it was a tale of two halves for him because that that chance you're kind of saying to yourself right if you if you are confident enough you're putting that in no bother. You're bending it around the keeper because he is a good player. I think there is a good player there. I'm just wondering if he is someone that just, I'm not going to be starting every week. I'm going to be playing under Edward. I'm going to be maybe even sometimes last season, Griffiths was getting in ahead of him and he probably just questioning, what am I doing here? But yeah, see if you bang them away for a team like Basel and get your move to the Premier League, you're a good striker. That's why I said there's got to be a player there. The, the thing for me is, right, again, I seem to, I don't know what, what's happening at me today, but I seem to be trying to see two sides of the story. Think of how he's been handled if he's been here. No, true, true. He was uh, captain pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> right? So he's went, he's went for Wad on about tapping them in with his first, you know, six months. Obviously, Lennon hadn't bothered to tell me day much work after training or anything like that. He's getting boys fed to him in the box, putting him away right foot, left foot, looked look decent. Saved us a couple of times, actually. Um, and then completely just disappears for six months. Comes back in, looks even more unfit than he had when he came. Uh, goes away, comes back under range, actually looks fit, but still it looks sharp in pre-season. Then just plays literally zero game time. It's hard for him, you know. I, I, he's just not had that run of games where he can be judged. But by the same token... In the brief sparks that you've seen him, you would like to see him a wee bit more. What I would say now is, he probably knows he's going into that game yesterday knowing, right, I'm probably going to five games here, six games where I need to show up. Aye, I'm the man. Or he's away and in if, January. And after, and after the, the six games, see if he scored four, five, six goals, then you would say, well, he's worth an extended run of the team. Yeah, well, I think a guy like that or any striker actually would cry out for a run of games and he should take confidence in the fact that I mean, he's been dictated by circumstances, but yeah, he's going to start the next three, four, five, very probably. The ball's now in his court. He can't he can't blame Lenny, he can't blame COVID, can't even blame Ange, whatever he wants to do. This is on him now. He's he's more than likely going to start against Betis in, in the next few games after that. I think we've got uh, Levy in the league after that, Wraith Rovers in the Cup, Dundee United in the league. So there's a few games coming up where he, you know, Betis is certainly a, a tough ask. The other games, you should be expecting goals from him. You know, Celtic will certainly create goals and, you know, going to be to Betis is going to be a challenge and it might be more of a case of holding up the ball and kind of allowing your midfielders to join you and stuff. But the other games domestically, he should be adding to his tally from yesterday. But it's like what you guys are saying, though. So see if he's got a bit of confidence. The ball does stick to him and he is quite good at holding it up. Um, so Betis could actually be a decent game for him too. He just needs confidence coming from the midfield. He needs... The ball played into feet. Um, I think there's too many times our, our midfielders like to try and play it in behind. But if you're coming up against a harder team like Betis, get it into feet to him all the time. And then you run off that. I think could be a good game for him. We'll see how he does. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be a real test of the defence eh, against Betis, Muff. And I want to ask you a question. You've spoken a lot about, you know, Stephen Welsh and the different things going on at the back. Welsh, I think, very unfortunately dropped out yesterday. You know, the suggestion would certainly have been from, from my camp that, Starfelt was struggling a wee bit and Welsh was, was performing better out of the two. It looks like Angie said, we've signed Starfelt, we've now signed Carter Vickers and these are the guys we're going with. Do you think that was the right call? Uh, no, but we've kept a clean sheet so you could probably say yes. Um, Honourable mention to Joe Hart's save yesterday. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the boy should still have scored but Hart has absolutely flung himself for one side of the goal to make sure that he was, he was there. So 
for a, a keeper of his age, he showed, you know, remarkable agility, I felt. Um, no, we Starfelt, Starfelt has come in and again has looked partly like the centre-half that we need, but also partly like he's got a rick in him at possibly any moment. I mean, he actually passed the ball to Ross County player, just 20 yards at, at fees on goal um, yesterday, which was fairly worrying. And he can do that. He seems, he seems to also kind of misjudge the, the flight or the bounce of the ball as to when to go and meet it before it bounces. It, a few times, it's like he's going to easily clear the ball and it goes in behind him because he's just not got his body shape right or whatever. Carter Vickers, on the other hand, looks like, and I know it's hard to judge against Ross County, but they did put us under aerial pressure because their main tactic yesterday was to win a throw-in in our left-back area. And they kept playing that long ball down and Carter Vickers was kind of on that side, coming across, and it's just he was just that kind of solid way where he's headering the ball, but he's heading you know, a good number of yards back the way. When he's come one-on-one battles, guys are bouncing off him. What you want to see for your your, your centre half, Starfield to me still looks a wee bit rugged. But like you saw, even in the second half, Ibrox for him, he kind of really stood up to. Yeah. He really stood up to it when we're under a lot of pressure. I think he's more a type of backs to the wall defender, as you saw at Altmar as well. He was excellent at Altmar when that was the case. When when you've got a wee bit more time to think about things and a lot of the ball, because that Ross County's tactic yesterday was to leave him in the ball. They were just happy to leave him on, on the ball and bring the ball out. Um, that he's, He doesn't always make the, the best use of it. And he looks a bit awkward on the ball at times. I think Welsh has been really, really steady, solid and composed. A blemish at Alkmaar. But I just think Carter Vickers and Welsh, to me, from what I've seen, would be an excellent pairing. Um, nice bit of pace, composure there. And, and by all accounts, one thing Welsh is really good at is, is communication as well. Not only his ability on the park, but he's good at kind of organising and communicating. He seems quite happy being left one on one at the back as well, which I think's a key, a key thing in an Ange system because it's going to happen quite a lot. Sure is, and it did happen. You know, Ross County had a particularly strong chance in the near the end of the first half. It's gone right across the face of goal, and that could have made for a different story. I mean, just staying on the defence very briefly. If you talk about Carter Vickers and Starfield in there together, Juranovic obviously has now come in at right back. Certainly, at the moment in place of Alston. Greg Taylor looks like he'll be out for a while, I think, with a shoulder injury. He may need surgery or some sort of repair there. And that means Montgomery would bin. What an untried and untested back four that would be. And, you know, if they're good enough, they're good enough and time will tell. But it's going to be tough for them to gel very quickly. And it's also going to be tough for Hart. Joe Hart hasn't played in front of, a, or behind, sorry, a settled back four so mm-hmm. far. So it's going to be quite a test of the team. This is a season-on-season thing, though. So every time we come into September, we're always still footing about with our back line. We've done this for the last four or five years, from what I can remember. And it's a common theme with Celtic, you know. get get The, the defence seems to be the last thing that they kind of look at. Whether that's kind of just what they're facing up in in the league, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of used to seeing this this play out. Um, it's going to take time. I agree with you. I think Welsh should have started yesterday. Just in the way he's he's kind of got that momentum that I've spoke about with even Ralston. Um, he's got this momentum that he's been he's been playing well and he's got a good link with Joe Hart with the looks of things as well, as does uh, Carter Vickers I think he's got the same as well they've trained together they know each other they know how each other play with the ball at their feet or where to be when the the goal is distributing my thing with Starfelt though is is that they have spent the money on him and I'm thinking 
if we keep we get we give them a run a game with us back four, which is probably going to be Montgomery as well, that will possibly start to settle them. I think he's only two or three games away from opening up, him being a bit more vocal, him being a wee bit more commanding, because I I, I think he looks really, really nervous. Um, but I do think there's a player there. But, I mean, to play with Celtic, you can't be nervous. Mm-hmm. You can't, and that needs to go quickly. Yeah. I'd mentioned that he's obviously come across here from Russia after a couple of seasons at Ruben Kazan. He's... You know, he's come in during a, a whirlwind time, as you said, Paddy. The games are thick and fast, you know, mm-hmm. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Thursday, whatever it is. And maybe he just needed those games to settle in. He also, I, I suppose, Ange has shown a bit of confidence in him by giving him the nod yesterday. He might have thought on Friday, ah, maybe Welsh will start ahead of me. But he's been given the nod and he should take the confidence and belief that the manager has in him and take that forward. So, you know, hopefully he'll do so in the next few games. So just as we start to close things out, just I'd mentioned a few of the fixtures forthcoming. So across the rest of this month, obviously we've got Betis on Thursday. We're then away to live in the league on the Sunday. Then it's Wraith Rovers in the League Cup on the Thursday night. Dundee United at home on Sunday 26th September. And then Leverkusen at home on 30th September. So lots of games domestically you would like to think would take care of them. Obviously some very tough ones in Europe. My question really is though, how much will the loss of Kyogo impact us this month? You've seen yesterday, we're a, we're a different animal when he's not there, aren't we? I think he's he's just so crucial to the way that we, we play, both in terms of the intensity we press with off the ball um, and just how dynamic we are going forward uh, that that said it, it exposes our transfer business because we're brought in a striker that's not ready ready to play um, and this was it was always liable to happen that somebody somebody would get injured at yeah, some yeah, point yeah. along the line you know to me it's just it's just madness so um, no Furi Ashes I mean he's done nothing but impresses he's been here um, and also I think he's, he just seems to be infectious as well he just seems to spur the team on when he's when he's in the team you see I don't know if you've seen the can I copy him there was a two or three second copy him getting at the big game when he scored yesterday it's just, it's just magic yeah magic really just a great good. character Barry do you think we can get through these games without him um, I think Thursday will be a big ask um, I think we're in for a, a really really tough game I don't I'd be lucky to get away with a point on Thursday can, domestically I think we're okay I, I, I do think we're strong enough um, for those games Leverkusen at the end of the month I mean again that's going to be a tough game they had a, a close runway with Dortmund yesterday I think it beat 4-3 7 goal thriller yeah. we've got some hard games coming up but you know this is where uh, Ange earns his crust in the, term, the terms of you change the system then if you've got someone that's going to want the ball directly in at, them, at their feet or to, to, to try and head it in then you've got um, you've got a Yeti and you know the cross yesterday from, uh, sorry yeah yesterday from Abada it's a great ball in you know, and just stuff like that. It changes it up. It's not always about whipping it in low. We can we can look at other options and that's that's his job to do that. True. I'm also very hopeful that Jack Amakis can at least edges went to the squad very shortly. You know, he's I don't think he's played since May time. Uh, obviously his future has been in the balance since Venlo got relegated. And I think with a, you know, a decent week of training under his belt, maybe he'll feature on the bench on Thursday, maybe too soon. But hopefully he's not far away and then there's genuine competition. The bench was late yesterday, but Paddy, you and I were speaking. Obviously, we know Kyogo's not around just now. Giacomacus wasn't ready. Liam Scales has just come in. It's a bit of a whirlwind time for all. And that should settle down and, and allow us to move forward. But, if, you know, as I say, we're settling things up, closing th- things out for just now. Another dramatic week in Celtic land. What's your final thoughts? Final thoughts are... Um... I just would like that period of stability for for the squad. And that was that was before I was worrying about the CEO jacking it after seventy two days. I taking into account the fact that all of them would have been travelling away with their international teams, players, a lot of players probably 
wouldn't even have met each other not too long before yesterday's game. Exactly. Never mind played together. So um, I think we we just need the next few weeks. If we can still pick up points over the next few weeks and, and stay in touch at the top of the table, um, perform with, with credit in the, in the Europa League and, and take it to these teams at home, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be quite happy. I think then come, you know, end October, November time, we'll be in a position to really start seeing the, the team come to fruition. I think a few a few weeks away, we Ange, can I get it right in the training field? We've saw the benefit that that's already brought the guys that have been there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still feel quite excited to be on the park, I think. But, Absolutely. You know, there's loads of potential there. Um, you've, we've got a lot of guys in that are actually our players as well. Uh, makes, a, makes a big difference. So, yeah, a, bring it on. It, it needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, what's your general feelings yourself, Paddy? Is the, is the Don McKay news thrown you about or do you still, like Miff, remain optimistic? Well, the thing is, we've got our dealings done. Uh, before that international break there. So that's going to be the team that will take us to the January window. And where we need to be is there or thereabouts. We need to just keep ourselves in there. So that, for me, is the main focus. It's concerning what's happening behind the scenes, absolutely. Um, I hope, and I, I, I do believe he will stay. I hope Ange is there. I think that he's got his players in. It's not been anyone else's. And I think that he's going to work well with them. With them. We're also going to get some players back soon from injury and the like. So I think that it's going to be a good push for us and let's hope we can go on a run domestically. I think Europe, Europe's a different ball game, but let's go on a run domestically and, and see how strong we can we can put a challenge to up for for the for this season ahead. Yeah, here's hoping, Paddy. So Dom has now gone and maybe some more detail on that and on the club strategy moving forward will be revealed in the coming days. But in true Celtic still, maybe it won't. Either way, Angie and the boys now have a trip to Spain to look forward to as we take on Real Betis and Seville in our Europa League opener and we'll be hoping that he and his new signings can pick up a good result on the road to get the campaign off to a flyer. My thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me in today's show and as always, our thanks to you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do, please help us to grow by sharing this episode far and wide and by following and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back on Thursday with the final whistle show after Real Betis but until then, thanks for listening.